Come on. Good morning, Meadow. How you doing? Yes. Come on. You got the sunshine out. It's a beautiful day. I want to welcome you here to worship. My name is John Del Cueto, and I am the director of the Jerice Johnson Gospel Choir. Today we have the band in the house, so let's give them a big hand. Um, so we're just going to take a little bit of a centering breath before we get started. If you would breathe in with me, breathe out, and breathe in, and breathe out. Now, I hope you have access to the bulletin. If you see the bulletin, can you lift your hand just so I know that some people see the bulletin? Excellent. We're going to start with a song called We Are All Connected. So I'm going to have the choir just sing the first part of it. And if you would give me this part right here. Running, running, walk, walk. Running, running, walk, walk. Good, good. Watch for that part. Choir, would you just sing the first verse for them? Mother Earth. our young people to come on up for the message for all ages. If you are a young person or young at heart and feel like you really want to sit on this stage today, come on up. We have a special guest who's going to join us. So come on down. This is my friend, Kirstina, 
And Christina is going to be giving our message today. And so, Christina, I'll let you take it from here. Okay. Sorry. So, how are you all today? Good. Awesome. Well, I am the leader of an organization that fights for, advocates for, stands up for children who are in pain, who are suffering, who are experiencing inequality, who are experiencing inequity, who are being mistreated. So that's what I do. And so in order to do my job, I need you, I need the middle collegiate church community, I need people all over this state and all over this nation to join me in that work. Are you guys willing to do that? Awesome, I'm so excited. So what I will say on the scripture that guides me in that work is Matthew 7 and 12. Do people know that scripture? I'll give you, I'll give you an idea. So in the Message Bible it says, ask what you would want someone to do for you, and then you go and take the initiative and do it for them. So us at Children's Defense Fund New York, we believe that we don't just think about what someone would want. If we see somebody hurting or in pain, we ask them, how can I help you? And then we join together in community to, um, to solve that problem. And so there are two things I want your help with today. So one is something known as poverty. And so we at Children's Defense Fund New York are committed to ending child poverty, making sure that every child in this state and in this nation has everything they need to reach their full God-given potential. You guys want to help me with that? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. So there's something called the Child Tax Credit, um, which provides funding for um, you know, parents and people who take care of children to make sure that they have what they need to, to buy for their children. So we are reaching out to our senators, um, to the president of the United States, saying we want the expanded child tax credit in the Build Back Better Act. And then the second thing that we're doing is something called Saving Raise the Age New York. And so that's just making sure that children are treated like children in this state when it comes to the justice system. Can y'all help me with that too? Awesome. Well, I'm going to give you these papers and then you give them to every adult that you know and you ask them to do these things. Can you take that? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. And then we can all act together to make a change, right? Amen. Amen. All right, friends, let's go back to our seat and sing Sia Hamba as we go. Thank you, Christina, who's the newly elected executive director of the Children's Defense Fund in New York. So glad that you are with us this morning. Hi, everyone. My name is Reverend Amanda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm executive minister here at Middle. We are so glad that you are with us here today on this Children's Sabbath in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month and this beautiful fall day. As you know, we are still moving ever so gracefully into hybrid worship. A warm welcome to everyone who's worshiping with us online right now. There's a camera there and also over here. And everyone who's here today, thank you so much for showing your love by keeping your mask on while you're here over your mouth and your nose. A quick reminder, we have a restroom here and an accessible restroom outside right here. I'm so interested to know if anyone is worshiping with us for the very first time today. If you're online and worshiping with us for the first time, put in the chat, introduce yourself. And if you are here today for the very first time, if you are able to stand, stand up. Otherwise, raise your hand so that we can see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. And stay standing. On the count of three, 
Uh, first, I'm going to ask this side to just yell out where you're, where you're visiting from. Or maybe you're from here. Go ahead. One, two, three. Virginia and New York, I heard. Now this side. One, two, three. Chicago and Brooklyn, I heard. We're so glad that you all are all here. Welcome. I'm going to let us know a couple of things right now that are happening in the life of our middle community. First of all, today, our reparations task force, as you know, they've been hard at work. So many of you joined their first listening circle a month ago. Today, they're offering the first opportunity for listening circle two. It's online at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Please join and dream and think with us about reparations at Middle Church. Secondly, our new wonderful Freedom Rising Salon series kicks off this Wednesday with Rising to Indigenous Reparations. We're really excited to have our own Jackie Lewis in conversation with two Indigenous scholars Wednesday night, 7 p.m., also online. I hope you'll join us there. Finally, as we continue into the fall, there's so much happening with our small groups our queer black men, our voting reform group, Bible in the Middle, Oblamos is planning another ofrenda offering. And I wanna make sure you especially know about our children and youth opportunities. Today, they're going to a free show in the Lower East Side. They're holding a conversation this week with John and Elise to think about how we can move into hybrid as a community well. And I hope you'll save the date. Our beloved multicultural children's book day is happening again. It will be both online and in person, and that date is Sunday, November 21st. Save the date now. That was a lot of information to take in. So let's move now into a time of reflection and prayer. Find a posture that's comfortable for you, whether it's sitting or kneeling, laying, or maybe standing. Close your eyes if you'd like. And let's pray. Holy and loving God, we come to you this morning from various places, disparate backgrounds, callings, cultures, ethnicities, and yet we're united in our desire to love God, love neighbor, and love self, to love fiercely as Jackie's new book calls us to do. If I'm honest, this week startled me in ways I never could have expected. And I wonder if anyone else feels shaken up by events of this week, by a conversation, an exchange, the world. If so, know that you are loved. Know that God is love. Know that your mental health matters. Know that you are not alone. That you are loved by this community and by the one who created you and knows you. On the cusp of days that marked National Coming Out Day, World Mental Health, pregnancy and infant loss. We need the love of the one who never leaves us nor forsakes us to surround us. May all who've heard stories that they are unworthy because of their sexuality know that you are divine. May all who are experiencing the depths of mental illness May they know the steadfastness of you, Holy One. May all who've experienced loss be comforted. Abortion rights, reproductive justice, voting rights are again, always on the chopping block, carrying with them decades of religious, male, white supremacist ideologies disguised as Christian and just. Lord, in your mercies, hear our prayers. Give us the moral imagination for a new way forward. And now let's pray together 
a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I believe we might be accompanied by a video as we pray. Feeling the breath in our body. We pray together. Venga a nosotros tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Und vergib uns unsere Schuld, wie auch wir unsere Schuldigen vergeben. Não nos deixeis cair em tentação e livrai-nos de todo o mal. For thine is the reign, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, friends, it is time to share peace, a peace that our world so much needs, peace of God. We have different opportunities to participate in the passing of the peace today. If you are here in person, I invite you to greet one another with um, hands clasped together, remembering that not everyone in this moment is comfortable with a hug or even a handshake. We also invite you to join Jackie up here at one of our cameras so that you can greet our online congregation and give them a warm passing of the peace. If you are worshiping online, there is a link in the chat where you can join Ben and some of our online staff in a special passing of the peace Zoom room. Friends, may the peace of God be with you and also with you. Let's share peace now.
Thank you so much, amazing singers. Thank you, band. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. Hi. Hey. My name is Jackie. For our new friends, my uh, pronouns are she, her, hers. I have the great honor of being the senior minister here. And I just want to take a minute to say to everybody, to everybody, what a joy it is to see your faces to see half of your faces, okay. <laughs> but to see your eyes, <laughs> um, to see your eyes that you would journey out of your space of comfort and get on the train or walk or bus or taxi and come through the inoculation maze <laughs> to keep each other safe. That is extraordinary fierce love, guys. Lots of churches are not doing that because they don't want people to be mad, but you are doing it, and we love you so much for doing that. We are so thankful that you would do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And our friends in the digital church, so many of you who live in New York, but those of you who are in Seattle and Japan and Paris, we cannot believe that you found us in the time of COVID and fire and that you're here with us. We want to make sure you always feel like you are here. So you let me and Amanda, Daryl, and the team know if there's a better way to do that. But thank you as well. Let's give a hand to all of our digital folks. We got, we've got like the best volunteers. We've got choir people who sing. Yes, we do. Come on. We've got a consistory that run in the house. Amen. We got, we got Harold who kept doing acting and writing all during COVID. Come on, Harold. We got ushers and greeters making us safe. We got Catherine and others teaching classes. Come on, everybody. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And today we got Luther and Adrian. We need lights. Come, can you help? <laughs> so thank you. Today's scripture lesson is from Psalm 104. I've been really in the Psalms these last three weeks because the words in the Psalms these last three weeks have been so singing my, singing my song, singing my song of God's love, singing my song of thanksgiving in the midst of cray-cray. And this song, this song is about the earth. Listen now for a word from God. Oh, my soul. Bless God. God, my God, how great you are. Beautifully, gloriously robed, dressed up in sunshine, and all heaven stretched out for your tent. You built your palace on the ocean deeps, made a chariot out of clouds, and took off on wind wings. You commanded winds as messengers, appointed fire and flame as ambassadors. You set earth on a firm foundation so that nothing can shake it, ever. You blanketed earth with ocean, covered the mountains with deep waters. Then you roared and the water ran away. Your thunder crash put it to flight. Mountains pushed up, valleys spread out in the places you assigned them. Never again 
will you flood the earth with the boundaries you set between earth and sea. You started the springs and the rivers, sent them flowing among the hills. All the wild animals now drink their fill. Wild donkeys quench their thirst. Along the riverbanks, the birds build nests. Ravens make their voices heard. You water the mountains from your heavenly reservoirs. Earth is supplied with plenty of water. Birds build their nest in trees. Look, the stork is at home in the treetop. The moon keeps track of the seasons. The sun is in charge of each day. Oh, what a wildly wonderful world, God. You made it all with wisdom at your side. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Say a quick prayer with me, please. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear a word from you, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For the beauty of the earth, for the wonder of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. It sounds like an Earth Day sermon to me. And at some point when I picked this text, I was thinking, let me remind my congregation of the power they have to save the environment. Let's talk about reducing our carbon footprint. And let's talk about not using, you know, single-use plastic. And let's talk about gasoline and taking walks instead. And let's talk about laws and policies that will protect our mama. And that's all super important. But that's not in the end the resource I feel called for us to think about today. It's our little people, friends. It's our children, our babies, our young ones. The ones in India, the ones in Ghana, the ones in Detroit where yet again lead flows the drinking water, the ones here in Manhattan, the ones in our congregation, all the children, all the children belong to us. And they are our future. And they are our present. I'm so glad to have Christina here today from the Children's Defense Fund. This is the 30th annual Children's Sabbath for the Children's Defense Fund. And it's the 17th Children's Sabbath for Middle Church. Why must we care for the children? Because they're too vulnerable to care for themselves. Of the 4 million children that live in New York, 52% of them are children of color. 15% black, 25% Hispanic, 8% Asian, Hawaiian, Asian Pacific Islander. 20% of them live in poverty, under the poverty line. The number is so ridiculous, it's hard to say it out loud, but a family of four at $27,000 a year. Roll your eyes with me at that. That's what we consider poverty as we fight for $15 an hour for adults as a minimum wage. I think I made $15 an hour when I was in high school, working at a department store. The world isn't set to take care of our children. If the median income for a white family of four is $100,000, the median income for a black family of four is $43,000. And a Hispanic family, just about the same. 150,000 of our children are homeless. It takes 2.9 full-time jobs at minimum wage for a family to afford a two-bedroom rental unit in New York City. Somebody say, Lord have mercy. 
18% of our children live in food insecure households. 31% of them between the ages of 10 and 17 are overweight because they don't get to eat good food. It's McDonald's, it's Burger King, it's yes, Popeyes tastes good, but that is not good for your body or your soul on a regular basis. 71,000 children abused or neglected in New York. These are New York numbers, y'all, not national numbers. Doesn't it break your heart? Statistics can sound boring, are boring, but in fact, a statistic is a short story that lets us know where our hearts and minds need to be directed if we're going to heal the world. We can look at justice issues as way out there. We can look at justice issues as our national calling, and middle family it is. But it is the way the filibuster, it is the way voting rights being eroded, it is the way a woman's right to choose her own life. It's the way all of that trickles down to the basic family and the way all of that trickles down to children is how I want us to think about that today. They can't lobby for themselves. They can't vote for themselves. They can't stand up for themselves. They can't, well, they can, they do, throw their fists up in the air as they march for justice in the streets, thanks be to God. But we are the ones we've been waiting for to make sure that we raise the next generations of fierce lovers and that they have what they need to survive and thrive so they can take care of the earth, so they can take care of us, and so they can take care of each other. Somebody say amen. amen. I am, um, when I was writing my book, Fierce Love, you were like starring in it, middle family. Uh, lots of words in here about you in the book. So much so, my publisher said, um, can people who don't go to your church do good things in the world? <laughs> yeah, I guess they can. I guess they do. <laughs> but you, you inspire me, Metal. You inspire me. And this is what I say about reparations in this book. Because don't you know I'm talking about reparations? I got an email from Jocelyn Liu the other day that said, I think you're talking about reparations. I said, is it a secret? <laughs> I'm talking about how we repair the earth. I'm talking about how we repair the human family. I'm talking about how we make what's right wrong, what's crooked straight, what's too lofty in the middle place so everybody can have enough, so everybody can live safe, so all of our children, all of our families can survive and thrive. I'm talking about Ubuntu, my friends, that a person is a person through other people and that when Hal is hungry, my stomach growls. And when Zane is afraid, I'm responsible to make the world safe for him and his siblings and Ophelia and Octavius and all your little people as well. Sometimes we boil the word reparations down to some kind of financial transaction that needs to happen, and I think a financial transaction needs to happen. Let me be crystal clear, I do. But I want to quote Iva Carruthers this morning, who is the, the general secretary of the Samuel DeWitt Proctor Conference, an interdenominational justice conference that happens at, just like our Revolutionary Love Conference does. She's calling Virginia ground zero in reparations. She's citing the fact that the dozens of enslaved Africans landed in Virginia in 1619 and the taking down of the Robert E. Lee statue, it puts, it puts Virginia right in the middle of the conversations about reparations. But she's saying this, family, reparations can never be fulfilled or reduced to a financial transaction. That's not enough. There's not enough money in the world to compensate for the trauma and horror my four parents experienced over the centuries. I wish I had said that. That's real. But an important paradigm shift is required to usher in the truth-telling and the reparatory justice as a context for transgenerational harm. Hear me? 
transgenerational harm that must transform into transgenerational enrichment and benefit. We don't want it to be a hundred years from now and little black children are hearing sermons like this without there being a change in the way we live our lives. We don't want there to be a hundred years from now the little white children, indigenous children, Latinx and Asian children are wondering why their parents didn't join with African-American parents to fix the world. We don't want to be having these conversations as though we don't know what we need to do because we do know what we need to do. <coughs> I'm always startled by the church's denial about how long Christianity and white nationalism have danced together. After all, a toxic cocktail of white Protestant nationalism, moral racial purity, and virulent xenophobia is what gave rise to the Ku Klux Klan. By the way, today in 1827, President Ulysses S. Grant called martial law in some counties in South Carolina because of the Klan activities there. It's a good day to be talking about reparations, my friends. Here at Middle Church, before the fire destroyed our building, don't you know my dreadlocked painting hung up there with a white enslavers painting? And now, Middle Family, you are doing reparations. You've been doing, you've been had done some reparations, Middle Family. What happened was, <laughs> what happened was, Gordon hired me, you know, 18 years ago to repair some stuff. Somebody say amen. And what had happened was, we decided together as a board and a church that being multiracial and giving air kisses on Sunday morning was not enough. We decided, declared, insisted that we would be anti-racist in our programming, in our worship, in our justice, and in the world every day. That's what had happened. And, and, you've decided, you decided that you were going to make a freedom school, a freedom lab, freedom programming, just like the programming in the Freedom Summer for intergenerational learning about justice and history and art. And even though the building burned down, you did that this summer. Oh, yes, you did. Outside in the park, you did it this summer. Somebody clap for that. You, middle family, might be going a little slower than we thought, but you are determined to move toward freedom together. Our, our Revolutionary Love Conference has been deconstructed this year to be monthly freedom salons that begin next week. And they'll be about indigenous reparations, and they'll be about black reparations, and they'll be about women's reparations, and they will be about making what is wrong right in America. You're doing that. You're doing that because you asked the staff to do it, the staff is doing it, and you're supporting it. This is how, this is how we do it, baby. Okay, this is how we do it. <laughs> Sherry, it's okay. I'm always bringing a little secular up in here just to make it good. You decided to focus staff resources on doing anti-racist, pro-democracy work. You decided to support the voters reform group that meets every two weeks to make sure that we're keeping voters' rights before us. You do that, middle family. You do that with your volunteerism. You do it with your prayers. You do it with your love. And you do it with your financial donations. We cannot do the work we do on a wing and a prayer. We cannot do the work we do thinking that the big mama at Collegiate Church is going to come by here and nurse us through these times. The big mama at the Collegiate Church has lost weight. <laughs> 
She's a petite mama these days, and her resources are not what they used to be. Are you working with that, Darren? <laughs> Our mama don't have it like she used to. And middle family, though we are, some of us, extraordinarily wealthy, some of us, and though some of us live paycheck to paycheck, and though some of our members live in shelters, you have raised your capacity to do reparations by making more than 50% of your operating budget for the last three years. I don't know what to say about you. You're amazing. And though that is awesome sauce, in the next couple of years, we're just going to have to do more of what we need in order to survive and thrive. So I'm asking you today to think carefully and critically in the next few weeks about how you'll use your time, how you'll use your talent, and how you'll use your treasure to repair what's broken in these United States of America, to repair what our ecclesiastical ancestors broke. You didn't do it. I'm not Dutch. But we did some stuff, y'all. Somebody say amen. amen. We, we, our people, our people, so-called Balt, Manhattan from the Lenape. Yeah, we did that. Our endowment did that. Are you with me? We did that. We had slaves. Our endowment had slaves. Yes, we did that. We persecuted black people in the city. Yes, yes, we did that. And to undo that, we, the inheritors of the little bit of resources Big Mama still got and our own, need to stand up, ante up, and get in the game. You are not alone in this. Your board is in this. Your pastor has committed 10% of every dollar I make from my book to the reparations needed in this place. Yes. So, you know, you'll buy some books and that'll help. But <laughs> John and I always ties what we make to the reparations we do in this church. And I'm asking you to pray and ask yourself, what will you do? If you're online, it could feel like my resources are not needed because I'm not there. Honey, your resources are needed. So please pray about what you might do. And y'all, she talked about money three weeks in a row. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Yes. So whichever one of those three sermons made you feel all itchy inside or the one that made you feel uncomfortable, that's probably the one. <laughs> that's probably the one to replay. I love you. We can't do it without you. I need you to show up for the children. Amen. Not that tall. Good morning, or good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Darren Johnston, and I am the chair of the consistory here at Middle Collegiate Church, and I am so excited to be with you virtually and in person, and I have to say as the giant extrovert that I am, that I am so excited to be here and see all of your, spa your faces from the front row to the back row. You just look so beautiful, y'all. Give, give yourselves a hand. Oh. It, my, my heart is uh, currently skipping some beats as I get to be in community with you in person today. And I am so thankful for all the work that everyone has done to make this temporary space happen and to allow us this opportunity and to allow us this opportunity while we are still gathering virtually because we will always do both. We will always do both now. And at the same time, while I think about that, I am reminded that Middle did not stop coming together and that our programming did not end when we shut down our building because of COVID-19. When we shut that building down on a Thursday, we had virtual service on that Sunday. That was a three-day turnaround, y'all. I mean, this, this is the best staff in church work right here. 
And I am reminded that middle did not stop coming together. And we did not stop programming when our building burnt down. A six alarm fire brought that building down on a Saturday and we had service on Sunday. And even as we continue to gather, or as we start to gather again in person, we are still gathering virtually, and we will always gather virtually. And as we do programming in person, we will still do programming online. And we have done all of that. We have proven our resilience to ourselves because, just like Jackie was saying, we know that the world's children belong to us, all of us not individualism, but collective, beloved community. And we have to make their world. As we have been thinking about these last three Sundays, we are God's stewards. We are called and anointed to perform that role. So we know that we have worship services that tell every single body that they are God's children, that we have those to produce. We know that we have freedom schools to run for our young people to help them understand where they have been and where we can go together. We have freedom labs and freedom salons that need to get up. We have our anti-racism work that must go forward if we are going to make a, a world worthy of our children. And thinking of our children, you know, it's, it's the stuff that you guys know, our freedom labs. And also I think about like the work this church and the collegiate church has done on the border. You know, not just advocating for more humane immigration policies, but I have watched Jackie and collegiate ministers on a bridge with their collars on and some cameras personally advocating to get children across that bridge and into the United States safely so that they can be free from harm. Our children, all of our children. So from the Freedom Labs that we'll have here where we, can, where we can expand our minds and learn about policy that we can advocate for and expand our hearts for how we can be better to one another to quite literally, how can we get a kid out of harm? How can we make sure that they have the food in their bellies that they need? And that is what this church does. And so we will continue to gather. We will continue to do our programming. We will do it in person. We will do it virtually. We will do it in every single space that we have to because that's what we have been called and anointed to do. No fire, no pandemic can stop that. That is the work that we must do because God told us to. And just like Jackie was saying, all of that costs money. The operating budget for this year is $1 million. And it is $1 million because it must be $1 million. And and it's because we do all of the things that we need to, to do. We need to fulfill the call that has been placed in our hearts. So as we all individually and collectively come out of lockdown and make all of our budgets in our new normal, I ask you to jump in and include Middle Collegiate Church in your planning. You know, I, I ask you to think to yourself as you're budgeting for this year ahead, you know, can I make a pledge? Can I say, oh, I, I can definitely give this much money by end of the fiscal year, June 22? Can you make a recurring donation? That's what I do. Personally, I'm a little lazy. I forget things. I set this thing up. It pulls a little bit of money out of my, my, my bank account every week. I set the amount. I don't got to think about it. It's a delight. Can you volunteer? As you see, we are still doing programming. We are still doing church online and in person. And we need your bodies, we need your time and your talent to actually pull all of that off. And so I ask you all, can you jump in? Will you jump in? Will you think about all the ways that you can jump in? Because from pandemic to fire to everything we have been through the last 18 months, we have come far, far too far to go back now. And we know what we have to do. So all I ask is that you jump in. And I will say on the donation level, there are a few things I would say uh, in particular. You can go to middlechurch.org slash donate if you are at home or if you're here. A lot of you got phones. Uh, you can Venmo Middle Collegiate Church, all one word. Uh, or you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 
0733. And also, if you want to volunteer, I know there are online ushers who will gladly answer your questions about when to volunteer. And if you see any of the volunteers and staff in here, they will definitely let you know all of the ways that you can plug in. But as we go into this next song and we, and we give whatever we can give to keep this thing going, I ask as you think of the year ahead that you include Middle Collegiate Church in your planning and all of the ways that you can. And you ask yourself, for our children, how can I jump in? And just one quick bit of housekeeping, we're going to have congregational meetings on October 24th and October 31st. Two different dates. There'll be more information about that shortly coming. But I want you to know, as Jackie was saying, you know, our, our, our collegiate mom is a little more petite. And also we're in temporary spaces. We're doing all kinds of things at the middle collegiate level and the collegiate church of New York level. And we want to make sure that everybody is read in so that you know what is going on in your church. So again, October 24th and October 31st, we will be having some congregational meetings. There'll be more news about that uh, forthcoming. And I thank you so much for your time. For the gifts in this room, for the gifts in this house, for the gifts of your people, gifts to repair the world, we give you thanks. And we ask that you would bless each of us for our intention to partner with you in the building of your reign on earth. Amen. Amen. My friends, and if you would join us for our closing hymn, would you stand? God's got the whole world in their hands. We've got it all gendered up and neutralized all there for you. Maestro.
You better work that tambourine, John. Um, I sat back waiting, anticipating that some point change would begin. But then it hit me, I was what was missing. My weight was dead. That's why we couldn't get ahead. You and I are the ones we've been waiting for. You and I thought this was somebody else's war. You and I are the ones, the ones we've been waiting for. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to call you in, family. We are in a hot mess time. And every good gift that you have, your vision, your passion, your dreams, your fears, your disappointments, your hurts, your gifts, your talents, your funds, all of that is a gift from God so we can heal the world together. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you ready to do it? Yes. Can you do it with me? Yes. Are you feeling excited? Yes. Am I yelling at you? Yes, yes. okay. <laughs> Go in the world and be salt and light because you are salt and light. Amen.